run-in for episode 6 of the Barbados Horse Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Small. So, this week was a rather slow week in terms of Barbadians in racing. Unfortunately, the Barbados Turf Club on Saturday decided to postpone and then had to ultimately cancel their Independence Day card of racing due to wet conditions and in order to preserve the track. That meeting was supposed to be the inaugural night meeting for the Barbados Turf Club and the first night meeting in the Eastern Caribbean. But no worries, as this next race day, December 12th, the club has decided to make a night meeting. Hopefully the weather cooperates and we are able to stage that meeting. The card is a competitive one I would say with nine races on tap and only one reused race from the previous card. The meeting is once again titled the Sir David Seal Racing Night which features the Kingly Street Trophy handicap for the top class, sprinting five and a half for longs, supported this time around by the Night Shift Juvenile Breeder Stakes and Trophy. Racing kicks off at 6pm with an opening ceremony starting at 4.30. I just want to do a quick overview of the card and we'll be doing a deeper dive once the declarations come out on Thursday this week. A total of 116 horses have entered the day with 109 horses in the body of the races and 17 horses sitting on the reserve lists. The night opens with the Dancing David Trophy Handicap for West Indian bred two-year-old maidens who are set to travel a distance of 1,100 metres. It's an oversubscribed field of 17. This race sees eight horses having had previous starts and two of those, the Conky Man and Dream Society, having hit the board. There's an interesting entrant in the number five, Sarah, who is a Trinidadian bred two-year-old filly who is trained by... Kenny John. We then head to the Aristodemus Trophy Handicap going nine for longs, four year olds and older rated for sorry, three year olds and older horses rated forty five and below. Again another oversubscribed field with twenty horses taking entry. This race is wide open as it stands right now, with the major players stuck on the reserve list, such as the inform Phil Moores as well as impressive winner last time out. Last race day, I should say, Amiash. I definitely will need to wait until declarations come out to see who actually will head to pole before making any selections. Race 3 is the Sanford Prince Trophy Handicap for horses rated 85 and lower, once again going 9 for longs. A full field of 12 is expected to head to pole to the drill hall start, and I think this should be a very competitive event. I expect the three-year-old terrain to take most of the attention. But you also have the likes of Sing Sing, who, although brought a less than stellar run on opening day, should be a factor. Also in there is the likes of Jack Manani Yap, Inspired Adventure, 17 million US, and the St. Lucian Invader, Oriental Crown. Six of the twelve are exiting the fourth race from October 24th. Race four is the first division of the Choo Choo Royale Trophy Handicap and has attracted a field of 13 horses who are rated 55 and below 
for a five and a half furlong event. This race sees the return of Jamaican bred mare Lollipop, who is returning off of a 499 day layoff. But the horse who really catches my eye is a three, Fast Cash. I'll draw a line through that November 14th race, as she clearly did not like the surface, and the cutback to five and a half furlongs should help today. Only thing, the question is, what surface are we going to get on the day? And the weight. The fourth place finisher from the Midsummer Creole Classic Conflict of Interest is also shortening up from nine furlongs. Race five is a supporting feature, the Night Shift Juvenile Breeder Stakes and Trophy. A field of eight Barbadian bred two-year-olds are entered for the five and a half furlong event, with two of those being double entered from the fourth first race who are currently sitting on the reserve list, those being Rachel and Makita. This race is highlighted by Sir David Seal's Criterion, who has so far danced every dance for two-year-olds, with a win and a third-place finish to his name. Also set to tackle him is the other two-year-old winner, Melrose Racing's Amanti, and the two second-place finishers, Deal With It from Last Race Day, and Queen Justina from the opening day. Race number six is the Kingly Street Trophy Handicap for the top class, sprinting 1,100 metres. Once again, it is a full field of 12, with, cha with two changes from the original carding. Trojan and Storm, Forth are Storm Force are both out and decided to face horses in their respective handicap category as they took entry in the Choo Choo Royale Handicap. But... They are in separate divisions. Taking their place are two horses from the original card did Breeders Classic. Those being Gandalf and Stolen who are both shortening up today. I once again think that this race goes through St. Sir David Seals Masaru. Who is the current Spa Sprint winner. But I think the race is for second as long as Masaru behaves under the lights. Race 7 is the Ben Tom Handicap for West Indian Bread Maidens going 9 furlongs. A field of 15 have entered. It's a very competitive race with many having chances but one horse in particular sticks out and she is stuck on the reserve list. That being Sparkle who is reserve number 2. If she gets in the race, I think she would be the most likely winner. But of those in the field, I think it, I would have to give the upper hand to the two three-year-olds against his will and Lady Bird. The latter being the fifth place finisher out of the Midsummer Creole Classic. But if the jockey assignments remain somewhat similar to last race day, I think the betting favourite in here would be the number six, Brighton Star. But... I'll have to wait and see if there are any scratches and see who ends up riding who. The penultimate event is the Littleton Trophy Handicap for horses rated 25 and below for a 7.8 furlong test. A field of nine have signed on. We see the return of Visionary to Barbadian Shores as the Grey returns from a stint in Trinidad racing at Santa Rosa Park. This is a very close field but 
I believe the advantage would go to Little But Lucky. She was unlucky in that race with Amiash last race day, but shortens up in trip today. Her two challengers, I think, would come from her stablemate, Black Rock, and the number three, King of the Valley. The final race on the card is the second division of the Choo Choo Royale Trophy Handicap. This time around, it's a field of 12, and I think this is the better split of the two. There are more quality horses in this one compared to the other, with most of the speed being drawn to the outside, which isn't the best going five and a half for longs. I think there is a, a lot of pace signed on and this could set up for someone coming from off the pace to take victory. The most consistent sprinter in the race is Trojan, who is the number eight, and he's coming off of a three win streak. The only thing with him is that we have not seen him in action since the first race of 2020. But otherwise it seems like a wide open race for the minor placings. Now I do hope that the weather does cooperate and these races are able to run. But I'm hearing that we're getting almost daily showers. So it's a waiting game to see if the track can dry out enough. It's all in mother nature's hands now. On to, bar on to how the Barbadians did abroad this week. With Canadian racing finished for the winter. Some Barbadian trainers based in Canada have ventured south for the winter to join the three jockeys and trainer who were already based there. Our first stop is Charlestown, West Virginia, where jockeys Rashawn Latchman and Kimar Trotman are based. Canadian-based trainer Ted Holder also ventured out to Charlestown this winter. There was only a three-day racing week as Saturday's card was cancelled due to a power failure which knocked out some of the lights. Wednesday's card of racing saw Barbadians in action nine times, with Latchman gaining two, two third-place finishes, while Trotman had one second and a third. Latchman was the first to hit the board, when in race number two, he finished third aboard No Regrets. Trotman was next, when he too finished third, above Tan Lear in race number three. Then in race number seven, the two finished second and third. Trotman on, was second on the James Cassie trained How Is She? And Latchman third on Miss Wave for trainer John McKee. When racing returned on Thursday, it saw trainer Ted Holder make his first start at Charlestown when he sent out Earthquake Director in the third race with Latchman aboard. The pair only managed a seventh place finish in the non-winners of two claiming $5,000 event, going four and a half furlongs. Latchman though was able to get a win in race number six ab aboard the Jack Hurley trained Schlossler. Trotman was only able to manage a third on the day, which came in race number five from his three rides. Well, on Friday, it was Trotman who was in the winner's circle on one occasion from his two rides when he guided the Belf Ben Feliciano tra Jr. trained Gold and Strike to victory in the 7th. Latchman had a second in the 4th when he partnered with the John McKee trained bringing Tyne Island for his only trip around the West Virginian Oval. Racing resumes at Charlestown on Wednesday. 
Now sticking with the jockeys, we head to Florence, Kentucky, to Turfway Park, where jockey Rocco Bowen has shifted his tack for the winter, with the closure of Indiana Grand and Churchill Downs. Rocco was in action on all four days of racing this week, and he went out a total of 10 times around the newly laid Tapita surface. He was only able to, he wasn't able to win, I should say, but he did manage to hit the top three on three of those occasions. The first few days though were tough for Rocco, as on Wednesday he could only manage a, a highest finish of eighth from his three rides. Thursday got a little better as he had a seventh and then a fifth place finish. However, when Friday rolled around, Rocco was really firing, having two in the money finishes, with the first being a third place finish in the holiday inaugural stakes board, a little less talk. He followed that up with a second place finish on Peruvian Boy for trainer Ignacio Carreras. His last mount on the card came on Behaving Myself, who finished seventh. Saturday, Rocco had two rides in which he opened with a second place finish in race number three, a board down home kitten for trainer Douglas Danner. His last ride in race number five, Soft and Lovely, finished seventh. Racing at Turfway returns on Wednesday and runs through to Saturday. Now down to warm, sunny Florida and Gulfstream Park, where the, their championship meet started on Wednesday. Over the first five days of racing, trainer Safi Joseph Jr. sent out a total of 17 runners and was able to win two races, including a starter stake, with four other top three top finishes. He opened the win account in race number four on Thursday when Hartling and jockey Edgar Zayas won a 62-5 claiming event by a head. Friday was a tough day in the office when Safi sent out two runners to a fourth and fifth place finish. Saturday was a busy day for Joseph as it was claiming crown day. He sent out a total of eight horses in five different races, which were all starter stakes. He started the day when Combination finished third in the claiming crown express stakes. Race five saw a poor run by Bent Down Rose, who finished 11th in the Claiming Crown Distaff Dash Stakes on the turf. There was a race break, then Safi sent out three runners in the Claiming Crown Emerald Stakes, and he managed to capture victory with his longest shot at 50-1, to 1, the runner-up in the 2017 San Julian Barbados Gold Cup, High Noon Rider. His other two starters, Regica and Tusk, finished 7th and 8th, respectively. His next two starters, Town Classic and Yodel E. Yodel e. E. A. Hu, finished 2nd and 4th in the Claiming Crown Rapid Transit Stakes, and he finished up the card with a 2nd place finish with Sugar Fix in the Claiming Crown Tierra Stakes. Sunday, he sent out 5 runners with his best finish, a 3rd place finish in race number 2 with Company Store. Racing resumes at Gulfstream Park on Wednesday and runs through until Sunday. Thank you for joining me for episode number 6 of the Barbados Horse Racing Podcast. Look out for our next episode which will be released on either Thursday or Friday. 
where we will give you a full card analysis of the new day eight of the Barbados Turf Club's 2020 racing season, as well as some tips and tickets. This has been the Barbados Horse Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Small.